Good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network here on this Tuesday morning, February 27th at 7 a.m. I'm Adam Wright, very pleased to be with you this morning as we continue our journey into Lent in this uh, Tuesday of the second week of Lent. Trying to combine second and Tuesday there, that didn't go so well. Uh, Let's pray to begin our morning together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again, it is good to be with you on this Tuesday morning of the second week of Lent. For our little mini morning retreat, Corey Grizzle will be with us to talk about parenting adult children, and her daughter Bernadette is going to be with us as well. So that's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven. This is the feast day of St. Leander of Seville and St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. Born in Assisi in 1838, his baptismal name was Francis. He was the 11th of 13 children born to Sante and Agnes, and his father worked for the local government. Francis lost his mother when he was just four, and then two of his sisters also died. Quite social and popular as a young man, it was assumed he would marry, but there were many changes to come not long after he started college. He lost two of his brothers, was nearly killed while hunting, and in 18 1851 became gravely ill. While sick, he vowed to become a priest, but soon he forgot that promise when he got better. Two years later, Francis became sick again and again promised to become a priest when he recovered. This time he kept his word only for a time. He began the process of becoming a Jesuit, but never finished. Then a cholera epidemic struck, taking the life of yet another sibling, his sister Mary. During a procession of the Blessed Mother, who was being called upon for help, he heard an interior voice asking him why he remained in the world. Finally, he answered the call, and against the wishes of his father, joined the Passionists in 1856, taking the name Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. Gabriel excelled in his studies and was an outstanding example of prayer and dedication, showing a particularly strong desire to serve the poor. But just four years into his journey, Gabriel developed tuberculosis. He continued to serve in all of his roles as long as the disease allowed, but finally succumbed, dying on this day in 1862. St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, it is always great to have Corey Grizzle with us here on Roadmap to Heaven, and today is certainly no exception to that. And recently, Corey, we even uh, had your daughter Bernadette with us for a little trial by fire on the Roadmap Roundup. And <laughs> that was truly baptism by fire to have us on Roadmap. Yeah, That's great. You know, don't be afraid to jump in. There are no life rafts available <laughs> or, or life preservers. <laughs> But, you know, we're going to talk about some parenting child things today. And not that, Bernadette, you're still a child, but you are. You will always be your mother's (laughs) child and her daughter. Uh, It's good to have you both with us back on this Wednesday morning. You know, I am looking at my first year of a graduating eighth grader Mm -hmm. and sending a kid off to high school, 
but also I've got one who is most definitely a preteen and tween, as they say, one who is um, certainly entering that phase, and there are just all sorts of things about the relationships. Just when I thought I had the little kids figured out, like I got little kids down. Yeah, well. The dynamics have changed <laughs> as they keep getting older here, and yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know that I even want to think about the dynamics and, and navigating the relationship between parent and child when right. they get into young adult years. But yet here the two of you are. Mm, we still like each other, <laughs> usually, mostly, most days. Most days. <laughs> so so it, I think I like talking about this so much recently because my, my eyes have been opened. I mean, I was in your position not too long ago, I think, where I had almost grown children and they were good kids man they were good kids I didn't have to worry too much about anything because they they went to church with us they didn't kick and scream about it they did what we asked them to do within reason it was I I, I complained a little bit but I didn't have a lot to complain about and then uh, and I thought I had the little kids down too and you said that but oh yeah I got I got the little kids down yeah you do and then you don't. And then things change and the dynamics of the family changes and things like that. And then you have to navigate this adult. The worst for me is the adult in my house because it's my house. and She's laughing because she still lives in my house. <laughs> Where it's, it's difficult enough to have an adult that leaves your house and you go, I don't think you should do that. I don't, I don't think. But you can also remove yourself. And go, well, that's your life, your money, your house, your, you know, you can say that's, that's, that's fine. If you're going to come to me for advice, I'm going to tell you how I think it should be, but you're on your own, right? It's difficult, but it's a little easier than when you've got an adult in your house who's trying to live her own life. And I'm trying to give her that independence and, and also make her realize that there's responsibility between the two of us and, and also keep that relationship so that we can have one when she leaves, (laughs) Yeah, I remember in, uh, the part of my adult life where I did move back home after, you know, my brother and I had an apartment for a while and then he moved to Chicago and I didn't know what to do. And mom and dad were like, you can come back home, but here are the ground rules. You know, you're, you're going to pay rent. Um, and while you're free to make your own decisions, it is our house. Mm-hmm. So what happens here, uh, we get the final say on that. And there are expectations. If, if you're going to eat the food, you're going to help with the dishes. If you're going to generate trash, you're going to help take the trash out. And, you know, it, it was a great reminder. They never had to say it explicitly, but it's a great reminder of uh, what it means to honor your father and mm-hmm. mother, especially mm-hmm. if you are living in their house. Um, you know, but in our world that we live in, and especially for that period of life where I was watching daytime talk shows, which is a whole other hornet's nest of things we don't need to go into. Um, it's like, you can't tell me what to do. And uh, how about that was the, the big phrase where the kid kept talking back to the parents. How about yeah. that? Um, faith tells us otherwise. It's not how about that. It's right. if, if we are family. And yes, I'm going to give you the freedom to make your own choices as an adult. But mm. and then everything that comes after the but is important because it's all laid down with that foundation of faith. Uh, Bernadette, what's it like for you though? I mean, you're so you're the young adult, you know, starting <laughs> starting to spread your wings and fly, and and wanting more and more of that freedom, but yet also uh, being subject to the the king and queen of the Grizzle Manor, uh, your mom and dad. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a lot trying to figure out, especially in this past year or so. It's been trying to figure out. Okay, what am I doing with my life? How can I move forward? You know, trying to figure out college, going through what my family is now calling my quarter life crisis. 
but it's just it's been a lot to navigate trying to figure out how to live my life while still living my family's life and living um in community with them because that's something i've been exploring a lot is community i'm like okay well i still have the community of my family and so it's been trying to figure out okay how do i balance all of this what what's the fruit that you see i mean i think back to that time in my life and uh relationships whether it was with friends or you know um I, I dated young women when I was in my early 20s. Uh, sometimes that was great. Sometimes that was difficult. Sometimes it was hard. Sometimes there were there were emotional crosses to carry in both the relationships with friends and family. And uh, sometimes being at home with mom and dad, even if it wasn't that heart to heart, just being there with them and knowing that, okay, as we sit down to the dinner table tonight or as we, we watch this program on TV, we didn't have Netflix or anything like that back then. We had TV. You had to watch what was on. And there were commercials, too. It was terrible. <laughs> um, you know, but just that I, I, I treasure that time of just my dad would get home from work and I'd get home from work and we'd spend that time together. And it was a great blessing for me. But what's some of that fruit that you see now? Yeah. So with me having also my own life outside of all of this, I'm not home a lot, especially the past couple of semesters with school. Um, one of the joys of this semester is I have more time to be home. Uh, so, yeah, just spending that time with family has been has been very nice. And my dad's like, oh, I, I've, I can see you every couple of days. <laughs> there, there, there'd be weeks that he wouldn't see me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that was not a fun time. <laughs> but just remembering that I have so many blessings at home. I mean, I'm incredibly blessed to be able to have home to go back to that they didn't kick me out when I turned 18. They said, oh, you're going to college. You're on your own. You're, you're good. Find that rent somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, find that rent. Now, Corey, this is one of those things that I love about our faith, and you talk about this often when you're with us, is that that middle road mm-hmm. of Catholicism. You and Father Wade are really big on talking about the via media, the middle road. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we see a lot in our culture are people that say, oh, man, kids are just, they, they don't want to get out of the house, and they're just going to stay mm-hmm. there until they're 35, 40, 45, mm-hmm. 50. I, I'm going to have my kids in my house until I die. And other people are like, nope, you're 18. You are out. That mm-hmm. is it. Um, you know, our faith helps us navigate these decisions as a parent. So how is that coming to play? What does your faith teach you now that you have young adults in your house? So my faith teaches me that I have responsibility towards my children and that uh, we as a family and and as a, as a couple, my husband and I are blessed to be able to own a house. We're blessed to be able to have a large enough house for Bernadette to stay in and, and have our own room and have our own space. And so I feel that obligation that I definitely need to be able to offer her that. Um, But at the same time, I have the obligation as a parent to be able to teach her that this is the responsibility you need to have. And it's hard. Like, I have to give her grace knowing that she's only 20, almost 21, yay, and that, you know, she has a lot of learning to do. Like, I've, I've got 30 years on her where, you know, I had to go through that same journey. And so learning how to be not only just responsible for yourself, but for other people takes a long time. And we often don't learn that until we have our own children, until we have our own space, till we, you know, because I, I think about that when you eat the food at the house and then you have to clean it up. However, if you had your own apartment, you would clean the food or you would eat the food and you'd leave the dishes there. And you know what? You'd go to work, you'd go to school, whatever. You'd come back home. The dishes would still be there and you'd have to clean it up, but you got to do it on your own time. However, living at our house with 
seven other people in there and there's a lot of mess those other seven other people make right (laughs) that when you come back you know someone else has to clean it up because we have to live there and that's that's the difficult part and if you're called to the vocation of marriage that doesn't uh go away it just changes and you know why did you leave this i was going to get to it well you didn't get to it fast enough and and i I am guilty of both being the person who left it out or the person who was impatient and saying why did you leave this out and it's great formation um you know what i love about our faith is it challenges us to again kind of like god does with our own free will Give us the freedom to fly, but give us the guidelines to say, look, if you're here and you're part of this community, you're part of this family, these are the expectations. These are the ground rules. And having that instilled in me when I was a young adult, I probably would have been making worse choices if I didn't have that grounding that I received as a child and then as a teenager. And then in those couple years that I was back home, I, I shudder a little bit to think about where would I be if I didn't have that that grace to be able to go home for a little bit when I needed to yeah. uh, before I was out on my own. Yeah, that, the other part of our faith is the forgiveness as well and the humility to know that I might have been treating her like a child at some point and just say, you know what, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said those things. I should let you be on your own. You know, and the same on her part too, just um, on, on your part, I'm looking at you. <laughs> you know, to be able to just just say, okay, these are the things that, you know, we need to we need to work through. and. There've been some good conversations that we've had recently on things that we've been struggling with as like parent daughter, and, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we're 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 figuring it out slowly but surely. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly nice to have her home. Yeah, yes. you're definitely you don't have all the answers. You figure it out. Uh, you know that's life. Figure a lot of it out as you go. But look to the examples of those around you and the holy families that you know. Well, I want to thank both of you for sharing some of these insights with us and what it is like to be a family. And, uh, you know, Corey, tell me if I'm wrong, but as I realize my oldest is now just four years away from turning 18 and graduating high school, he hasn't even started yet, but I'm having this moment here. Um, I I can't help but think that part of me never wants him to leave, Mm -hmm. but my number one job as a parent is to prepare him to leave and and not only to leave, but to thrive when he Mm -hmm. does. And uh, that's the challenge, and I can't imagine doing it without faith. And that's why we're here on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We are going to take a break. Corey and Bernadette Grizzle, thanks for being with us. We will be back after this. We pause on this Tuesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement, where we are going to learn some fun facts about lesser-known popes and, more importantly, receive some insight from them. Patty Schneier is here with today's dose. Well, today we are going to talk about Pope Calixtus, the 16th pope, and St. Hippolytus. Pope Calixtus inherited major challenges to the teachings on the Holy Trinity. And Hippolytus, who had been a student of St. Irenaeus, was angered that Pope Calixtus waited to denounce such false teachings. Hippolytus wanted a stern and swift response. Pope Calixtus disagreed. And so Hippolytus broke from the church, and he became the first anti-pope, the first of several people throughout history who claimed to be the pope but were not the legitimate pope. Now, this caused confusion and division in the church. Unlike many other anti-popes, however, Hippolytus eventually reconciled with the church 
and died a martyr for the faith. He is the only canonized anti-pope in all of church history. Can you believe that? A saint who was an anti-pope? But here's what's so interesting. St. Hippolytus is the author of the second Eucharistic prayer that we hear at Mass. What a lesson for us. As Father Kirby writes in our own discipleship, when we are upset by actions or inaction of the church's shepherds, we can learn from Hippolytus and Pope Calixtus and seek the graces of trust, patience, and obedience to the legitimate leadership of the church. That's an important quote. Forgiveness and reconciliation were important back then, and they are equally important today. So today, as we're going through a little bit of church history this week, and we're talking about some lesser-known popes, let's pray today for the shepherds in the church and for disagreements to be put in their proper perspective. And that prayer is so important that we seek the grace of trust, patience, and obedience to the legitimate leadership of the church. History can teach us a lot. St. Hippolytus, pray for us, and Pope Calixtus, thank you for what you did during your time as shepherd of the church. Another fascinating daily dose of encouragement for us today, and one with a lesson as well. Patty, thank you for today's dose. I am thinking of a TV show I used to watch, and I forget the exact line, but there was someone who was just being obstinate in their uh, error, and one of the other characters said, I just want you to stand there and be wrong, in your wrongness and be wrong. And, and I think about fraternal correction, and I think about what Patty just reminded us of in the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and uh, I, I think of, you know, what's my goal? Do I just want to be right? You know, I'll always be right. I'm Adam right. But do I just want to be correct? Do or or do I want to get to heaven? You know, because what does it matter if I can convince everyone else to think what I'm thinking, but then none of us get to heaven because we were wrong? You know, but I won the argument because I got everyone else to believe what I what I have to say here. You know, or when when I know I, I just have that firm conviction that I I'm standing in the truth, and and someone else persists in opposing that truth. Do I just want to beat them? Do I just want to be, you know, I, I want to show that I know what's correct and they're false and, and I'm smarter and they're not and so on and so forth? Or am I praying for both of us? And am I working for both of us that, that both of us would endeavor to know what is true? Dare I say it this way, that both of us would endeavor to know who is true? Because as Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. Am I, am I working towards that goal or am I working towards winning the argument? and proving that I know better. What good does it do anyone for Adam Wright to know better if none of us make it to heaven? And especially, what good does it do me if, if I don't make it to heaven? And so what's our ultimate goal? And what's your ultimate goal today? Is it is it to be in charge? Is it to make the decisions? Is it to uh, be able to show that you've got the skills and, and you've got the knowledge and they don't? And be triumphant in that, or is your goal to become a saint? It takes humility. It takes conviction. It, it takes all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It takes the virtues. 
cardinal virtues, the theological virtues, and most importantly, it takes God's grace and a life rooted in prayer and the sacraments. And I'm not saying, you know, we should ignore the struggles of our times. But let's not lose sight of the fact that salvation comes from our God and not from me and not from you. And let's pray that all of us, all of us would have that daily conversion, seeking to do his will and to know him, the author of truth. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Mary, mother of the church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow night, I'm going to the movies. I'm going to see the documentary about Servant of God, Michelle Christine Dupong, former Focus missionary, diocesan employee in her diocese, uh, someone who exhibited exactly what it means to suffer joyfully for the sake of heaven. And if you want to know more about that, go to michelledepongcause.org. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today, and pray your rosary today.